Seinfeld, the tape is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap. And now, here are the two guys who promise not to leave sultry messages in the podcast in a throaty voice during this episode. Rob Sestrino and Akiva Wienicker. Akiva, how are you? Great. How are you, Rob? I'm doing very well here today and ready to talk about the tape. And it's a fun episode, I thought. It it really is. This episode feels to me, this is almost the show about nothing. Like, really, almost nothing is going on in this episode. But I feel like it's a a fun 22 minutes or so with these characters. Yeah, it goes by fast. You're right. It is about nothing. There's no, there's really, like, there's just two stories. Almost everything is happening right in the apartment. You know, it's, uh, it's pretty... It's pretty you know, run-of-the-mill, average, typical Seinfeld. Yeah, there's not too much. They really don't go anywhere. They go, I mean, they go to the coffee shop. They go to the apartment. Uh, and that's really it. It's kind of just a, a very self-contained episode other than Ping and the guy that's fixing Jerry's refrigerator. There's not really any other characters that we see in this episode. It's a very self-contained, just fun time spent with uh, the Seinfeld main principle four. Yeah, it's it reminds me a little bit of the it's it's sort of a better version of one of the first two season episodes. Like there's only five scenes in the entire thing. Uh it's you know, it's pretty basic, but uh you know, there it's just, you know, things tie together a little better and it's a little funnier than the first Yeah, two and it's funny episodes. too. Like it, you know, there's no like major points where you're just like hysterical laughing, but it's just like, you know, they're calling back to things a bunch of times in the episode. Uh you know, I was again smiling the whole time through more than I was like l- cracking up. Yeah, it's not a it's not a boring episode. Um not one of my favorites, but uh it, it certainly we've seen worse. Yeah, and the plot is basically that Jerry is listening to one of his tapes. You know, before there was podcasts, you had to have like a cassette recorder and you had to record your stand-up show. And Jerry is listening back to the tape and he hears a very erotic message that's being left by a woman. And there's a lot of talk about who this woman could possibly be. And then Jerry is like trying to figure out who it is because she said she was going to do all these dirty things to him. And then it turns out that it was Elaine. She tells George that she was the person on the tape and then George falls in love with Elaine which is very funny that he's dealing with that and at the same time George is also saw a special on CNN about a cure for baldness from China and he goes to uh, some lengths to get a hold of this cream and put it on his head and uh, it stinks uh, the cream stinks. Yeah, the cream stinks. And that's really it. They don't really go ahead and, you know, have any sort of other follow up than that. Like, you really don't ever know what happens with George and the cream. It seems like from the end of this episode that it's working. But I don't know, for whatever reason, George stops using it. Yeah, they don't really move the plot forward too much. Yeah, they just sort of drop the ball. Like, it doesn't, like, had it been, like, that side effect that they talk about where the side effect is impotence or something like that, then, you know, George would have a reason to stop. But Kramer seemed convinced it was working, other than the fact that it stinked. Yeah, I mean, maybe it wasn't working and Kramer was wrong. Yeah. Uh, How fast does he want it to work? Yeah, that's true. It was really, I mean, it was basically an hour from the time he started (laughs) until they... Yeah. Until they look at it. Uh, Akiva, before we get into the episode, of course, I just want to set up that we have our link to the Seinfeld podcast on iTunes. You can subscribe anytime. We're in the thick of things here on the Seinfeld Recap Podcast. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld 
iTunes. All right, let's check in with what is happening in the modern day Seinfeld world. Akiva, anything to report from the Seinfeld universe this week? Uh, no major news, Rob, but I, um, I did see, uh, I was watching Saturday Night Live, which I know you watch because you podcast about it. Yeah. And um, during Weekend Update, which, uh, you know, uh, parenthetically, is very weak this year. <laughs> I don't know if you agree. It's Weekend Update, W-E-A-K-E-N-D? Yes. Yes, oh, it's a, you should or, be up there with. with oh, it should puns. be W E A K E N E D weekend update. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not their strongest year, but anyway, uh, Kramer Cosmo Kramer got a shout out. Yes, from Michael Che. Yeah, Michael Che uh, said that if we could forgive Kramer, then maybe Bill Cosby has hope. Yeah, he he said he's forgiven Kramer, which is I guess good news for Michael Richards. He's he's off the hook. That's, I guess so. Good news for Kramer. So I don't know. The Bill Cosby thing, I think that there's still going to be, that's a developing story. Yeah, not not such good news for Bill Cosby, but. Uh, wait, I think you had Rob. fun facts. You told me before we started the show, you had a fun fact, somebody that died. Yeah, I mean, that's not, not, not so fun. And uh, Carol Ann Susie, she's, she was called in a news article, the most famous unseen actress in TV history, because she was the voice of. Do you watch? Uh, do do you watch The Big Bang Theory, Rob? Uh, yes, not reg- okay, so not on the regular, but I've seen many episodes. Not on the reg. She's the voice of um, Wallowitz's mom. Yeah, I don't know who Wallowitz is. I've never I have never seen The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that it's a fun show. Yeah, it's, it's not my style. Yeah, uh, you'd be I, surprised. I mean, I'm sure it's funny. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it's not. You know, it's CBS. You know, they, it's bad enough. That, you know. You got to sit through all the commercials on CBS, you know, just to watch. Too many commercials on the Big Bang Theory? No, no, not the commercials. Oh, you have to watch commercials for the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, and then they spoil Survivor for you when you watch CBS. Okay, well, at least they're not spoiling Big Bang Theory. Well, I I mean, I don't know. What what would be to spoil? Like, it's a bunch of nerds get together. They tell some jokes. I think you should give Big Bang Theory a try. I think you're being a little... fine. How about for next week's podcast? I'll watch one episode and we can talk about it. Sure. Fine. I'll watch watch an episode. So anyway, uh, I didn't... I'm not familiar with her from Big Bang Theory, but... She's never been seen, supposedly, but this Carol Ann Susie um, uh, was the voice of uh, which. What, what's the name of the character? That's Mrs. Wallowitz. Um, I don't know if she has the name. I, I don't know that. He's... No, no, I'm saying what's her. Who's her son? Excuse me. Wallowitz. That's his last name. What's his? Well, like, which character is he uh, uh, on the show? Which character is Wallowitz? Howard. He's Howard. 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 Yeah. Howard Wallowitz. Okay. Howard's mom. Yes. So anyway, so the Seinfeld connection with Carol Ann Susie is that George took Carol and Susie's daughter, Carrie, on a date um, to get uh, more unemployment benefits, you remember, in, uh, in the Keith Hernandez episodes, in The Boyfriend. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to meet Carol and Susie uh, in, in about two months. Okay, she's the mom? She is the mom who works in the unemployment office who George bribes by dating her daughter, even though he doesn't really uh, like her daughter. Okay, got it. All right, well, sad, a very sad passing uh, from... The Big Bang Theory universe and then also in the Seinfeld universe. Yeah, R.I.P. Carly and Susie. Yeah, a bigger deal on uh, the Big Bang Theory post-show recap. So she's like Wilson from Home Improvement? Well, Wilson, you saw his face. I would say it's more like, uh, you know, uh, Norm's wife on Cheers or some of these other characters. Oh, that... Bob, 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 Bob Saget on uh, How I Met Your Mother? Well, no, that well, he's like the narrator. And I mean, he's Ted in the future, so you do see Ted. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah, you see him. Yeah, so it's just one a character that's you know off screen all the time. 
Wait, how does Ted become Bob Saget? That's kind of crazy. That, that's oh. another story. That's for the How I Met Your Mother post show recap. Is that happening? No, not right now. No. Okay. Not after that ending. No. All right, we're going to talk about Seinfeld and we're going to get into talking about the tape and we are going to rewind the tape all the way back to November 13th, 1991 for an episode written by Larry David, Bob Shaw, and Don McHenry. Uh, directed by David Steinberg. All right, let's talk about the tape. And the tape starts off with Jerry doing stand-up about the hair transplant. I do feel like this is probably up there with sort of like airplane food for, you know, a good like 80s stand-up uh, subject, the hair transplant. Yeah, it's also weird for like, yeah, it's it's pretty, you're right, it is pretty like, you wouldn't can't see like a comedian in 2014. Who's, who does at least one who doesn't have their hair. Maybe you could see a bald comedian doing this bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it's sort of it is. You're right. It's very early 90s. I don't think you're going to see this on an episode of Mulaney. Well, you might not see anything <laughs> on an episode of Mulaney in a few weeks. All right. So when we go to the start of the episode, we're in Jerry's apartment and Jerry has the refrigerator repairman there. And the refrigerator repairman's like a real weirdo, right? Yeah, he's a weird guy. I, I have this also like guys come to fix things in your house. And they, I guess, like, if you're a fix, if you're like a handyman, you know, you're kind of, you don't have any coworkers. You're just going house to house. So I guess you want to make conversations. So that's what these guys do. And I don't know. I'm like Jerry. I don't know anything about, you know, that's why you, I hire handyman. Yeah. So, so, you know, I always try and like hide in my room until they're done. <laughs> you hide from the handyman? Always. Are you not afraid they're going to steal stuff like in the statue? No, it's like, it's like a, it's, it's no, because it's people I know, you know? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, no, like you wouldn't hire, I would like handyman also. It's, you know, like I know people who will just come over and like fix things if you pay them. It's not like a complete stranger. Okay. Now maybe the problem with Jerry's refrigerator is that there's too many people just standing there with the door open talking. Yeah, that is true. Like it's it is open like twenty four hours a day between Kramer and George just picking stuff out of the fridge. Yeah, and so Jerry is listening to. He's got like a little Walkman and he's got the headphones on. And then George comes in, and George is you know is very worked up, and he wants to talk to to Jerry. And Jerry has heard this message on the tape. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's pretty. Uh, you know, it's pretty interesting that. Uh, what's it called? It like did comedians first of all? Do they is that normal that they like tape their act? Oh, I think that's yeah. I think you definitely want to do that if you do stand up. Like when I was doing stand up, you know, you definitely you want to video it, you want to record it because you want to go back and you want to watch, you know, what was working, what the audience left with because it's such a blur. I think when you're on the stage that you can't get a good sense of what worked and what didn't work. So it's sort of like going back and you know, if you're like a baseball player watching your swing, uh, you want to see like. Like, okay, this is, okay, I nailed it that, I got to do that. Or when I did that, that was bad. I was looking down or, you know, you want to like, there's a lot of things that you could sort of look for. Wait, how long did you do stand up for? Not long. Like I did it for like a year and a half. And ultimately uh, it was, uh, you know, I would love to, to go back and try it again at some point. But at, just at the time, like I really was uh, struggling with it. And it's hard. It's a lot of hard work. And, you know, you got to go out and do it like night after night after night. And I found it to be uh, not in agreement with like uh, what is good for me. Did you um, did you do you ever get paid to do stand up? 
Um, yes, uh, not, not a lot of money and not many times, but I, I did, uh, that I have made, uh, money doing standup. Did you, did you make it to like the comedy store, that sort of thing, or you were doing open mics? Yeah, mostly open mics. And then, uh, I was, uh, I, I, there was one thing in particular that I remember that I was hired for. And again, I was never that good at, at being a, uh, a standup. Uh, but that being said, you know, um, once, once or twice I did make money, I went to a thing at a Hofstra university. They had like a sort of like orientation thing and, uh, they had had, uh, Ethan Zahn come and speak and he goes and speaks at, at colleges about different like fundraising things that he has done and things like that. And so they had, you know, because I was going to do something at Hofstra with Ethan and a couple other survivor people, they said, Oh, we're doing, we're having standups during our orientation would you want to be like so i was like the first of like the three acts that they had and i was going to do like 15 minutes at hofstra university and and this is kind of like a seinfeld episode so they told me before i went up there that they said okay rob just so you know um we're very sensitive here at you know at the university and we have a student in our new class of students who has tourette syndrome and so we're very, I just want to let you know about this, that there is a student in the audience that has the Tourette syndrome. Okay. So just, you know, that's, we're very, we're very accepting. And, and, you know, that's just, just so you know. And of course, like while I'm up there, and again, I'm very shaky, very green as a stand up comedian, you know, the young man with Tourette syndrome is like just yelling. And it's louder than me on the stage. And is it's, he yelling first words or is he just yelling your no, act? No, no. There's a lot of like, not so much like what you see on the movies, like, you know, F word, F word, F word. Um, it's just like, a, there's like, just like a lot of like, ah! like, like, like making just like noises, which is yeah. one distracting the audience and two, like really throwing me off. And, um, you know, I'm already like trying to think of like, what do I say next? What do I say next? And like, I used to tell a joke that was about how I was looking forward to going to a nursing home, being, being an old man and going to the nursing home. Cause I felt like that was a very similar experience to going to college and I was going to have a roommate and, you know, I, ta- I was talking about this and I was talking about how, you know, and then in the nursing home, I'll have a roommate and the guy with Tourette's just yells out, butt pirate. <laughs> and that was we got a way bigger laugh than anything I could come up with. Yeah, I mean that it should have. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that did not that did not go well. I, I think I still have a tape of that somewhere, and I think that's another tape that needs to just be destroyed. No, I, I was I was that was my next question was is there video or tape of this that we could, you know, it's not could, good. Uh, no. Maybe put on YouTube. That would be very. That would be uh, ex- extremely uh, embarrassing. I mean, let me see. It might be funny, like to laugh at me if I can ever find if, it. If there's a clear recording of Butt Pirate, you're getting at least five million views on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like the real comedians that like went on after they were able to, um, you know, deal deflect. with deflect because I they, I just felt like they. It, I wasn't being heckled. It was a guy and, and, you know, I'm trying to be sensitive to him. And, and they told me like, don't say anything about him because, you know, he's one of our students. You gotta be, it, it was a real no win situation. Yeah. I think you were being heckled, Rob. I think so. That's probably it. Anyway. So the yeah, comedians do listen to the, and watch themselves on tapes. Okay. That, do, that does happen. And so 
George like busts in and the first thing that he wants to know from Jerry is that he wants to know if Jerry used his material that he came up with about uh, the toes about the big toe is the captain of the toes and sometimes the toe big toe gets challenged for leadership by the second toe because it gets bigger yeah and it's a coup de toe it's a coup de toe (laughs) when you were a comedian did you enjoy when people would randomly try and give you material no, it wouldn't happen that often, but I do love this as sort of like a running gag on Seinfeld. The people who try to give Jerry ideas for jokes and his disdain, although the, he does seem warm to uh, the coup d'etat, and although he tells George he tried it and there was no response. He got nothing. Yeah, really, Jerry has to call Cousin Jeffrey if he wants the gold material. Yeah, that's right. And so anyway... George needs to get on the phone because he needs to call China. And the reason why he needs to, he's saying the Chinese have done it. And he tells Jerry that they've cured baldness. Yeah. I mean, uh, first of all, I love the idea that like, it's such a big deal to call China that it was probably like a dollar a minute or something back then. If not more. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, you're right. It could have been a couple dollars. Like it, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it would be hard to explain to like a real young person now, but like a, even call it wasn't like calling like even like Florida from New York or whatever. Yeah, long distance. Expensive. Long distance. Yeah, it's hard to explain that now to uh, to uh, someone who didn't grow up then. Yeah, and George says there was a whole thing on CNN last night. Boy, this thing on CNN must have been seen by fifty million people because it's everybody's talking about it. Yeah, well, they only had like six channels then. <laughs> well, you have more than six if you had CNN. Yeah, that's true. I guess they, I mean, they, they probably just had like basic cable, basic cable. All right. So here comes Kramer with like a giant camcorder. Yeah, Spectre. So we, we heard about Spectre uh, in the uh, parking garage. Yeah, oh, he did <laughs> two weeks ago. Well, he said very briefly that he he likes fat women and then it just was dropped. He's, they started talking about something else. OK, so now we know he's becoming a minimalist. And how does the dating the fat women do jive with being a minimalist? Yeah, that's good is what Jerry wants to know. Well, maybe they eat. I, I was just thinking now, like, is it possible they eat all like the food in the house and then th- you're in turn becoming a minimalist by having less stuff? OK, well, that's an interesting way to look at that also. So Kramer has the video camera. We never see Kramer's video camera again, right? Uh, no. Yeah. So it's just Not that I could think of one and done at Kramer. He's got a tripod. He's really got everything. Yeah, well, maybe, you know, Spectre called and wanted a pack just like the jacket. Yeah. And so, okay, so we got the video camera and Kramer is, you know, filming stuff and says, you know, oh, you should have seen what was going on on CNN last night. They've got the cure for baldness. It is also crazy back then. Like if you didn't watch something that was on TV, it was just you'd assume it was just lost forever. Yeah, you can't go on YouTube. So it is crazy that they all watch the same bald thing. Like, was this really like were there billboards? advertising that they were going to be talking about this baldness cure on CNN? Um, I don't know. Maybe it was like in the newspaper, like at CNN tonight, eight o'clock cure for baldness. It was going up against like, uh, you know, the Cosby show or whatever. And just everyone was watching CNN. (laughs) No, it must have not been going up against the Cosby show. Otherwise everybody would have been watching the Cosby show. It was, I like, maybe I'll read them next week. Um, I do like, you know, sometimes I'll see like, what was the rating for this episode when we're, you know, when I'm doing research to, to, uh, you know, before we would talk about Seinfeld and it is funny seeing like what was going up against Seinfeld and beating it in these first like three seasons. So yeah. Maybe next week I'll do the, uh, I'll, you know, the schedule, like what was beating Seinfeld, uh, 
that week when it was on. Yeah, we'll get the comparison. All right, so this is when Jerry is really starting to hear this very erotic message uh, that he is listening to on the tape. And God only knows uh, what she's saying because everybody has this amazing reaction. Now, this may... I don't think that this holds up in 2014. Uh, I mean, it's not completely crazy, but it, it doesn't really hold up. I'd like to know what's illegal in most states that she's talking about. I, I don't know. But I feel like this is a pre-easy access to pornographic materials world that they're living in. Where this tape really just of, you know, Elaine's breathy, like, erotic talk into the into the tape recorder really just sends everybody crazy. Like, they've Jerry, George, Kramer, they they fall in love with Elaine by the end of the episode. Yeah, I mean, I, I, do they still have the thing where you can, like, call up and speak to women on these, like, 1-900 numbers <laughs> or whatever? I think so, yeah. Okay, so, but this, I guess this is sort of, like, from that school. Yeah, in that era. Anyway, so they're listening to the tape. George is putting on the headphones. He's saying, oh, my God. And everybody, they're all infatuated with, with what she's saying. George says it's like a penthouse letter. Yeah, he wants to meet uh, women like like this mysterious woman. Yeah. And they they all take turns listening to the tape and they're they're all just like totally engulfed with the tape. So they go to the diner. George asks, like, well, why would they fake a cure for baldness? And Jerry says if it was real, they wouldn't let it get out. They'd want to have a whole country full of people uh, that aren't bald. Yeah, I once had a teacher. I, I feel like I once had a teacher tell me that. um that uh, like the country makes like enough cheese to like feed everyone for free, but then they destroy like eighty percent of it. So like, because otherwise it would like ruin the cheese industry. Which so country? I, I, this country? Yeah, the United States. Yeah. <laughs> so, which I never believed. He, the teacher was kind of a liar, but I feel like it's the same thing here. Like it, it, it would ruin you know all like these hair care industries if uh, they just discovered a cure for baldness. Like, there's nothing in it for them to uh, you know. People say this all the time with sort of. Um, the you know the medicinal companies that like it, there's sometimes there's not enough in it for them to cure the things because they'd rather sell you the pills or whatever. So you're saying that baldness is a billion dollar industry. If they they have the cure for baldness, man, they're just not giving it to you because of the money. I mean, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but I'll buy it here. <laughs> You'll buy it here. You're in on this. I mean, it's any. I I wouldn't put it past them. Like it's possible. Okay. So Jerry is like, all right, George, tell her about this. Tell her about this. And George is like, well, okay, Jerry got this tape. And there's a one. And he's like, no, not that, you idiot. <laughs> I really, I think that's some of my favorite stuff when they just resort to, you know, calling each other moron, idiot. Uh, I don't know why that really just always makes me laugh. I mean, it's very like 50s humor, probably with Jerry, you know, sort of was weaned on when he. You know, when he's when he started getting into comedy, like, you know, like uh, Three Stooges type, just like slapping each other in the head, yeah. calling each other dumb. Yeah, it's very funny. And so at the same time, now here is this guy in the restaurant. Uh, apparently his name is Beater. <laughs> and Beater calls Jerry over and Jerry leaves our main conversation to go talk to Beater. Yeah. So Beater is uh, Norman Brenner, who's like the main sort of background guy. Uh, who's in a lot of different episodes. He's, you know, he usually doesn't have a name. He's usually just standing there. But uh, here, you know, here he's given a name. Is he always Beater? Uh, no. Well, he's usually nobody. Uh, he usually doesn't have a name. But here, um, here, you know, this is the first time 
that he's coming out. And, um, you know, so they don't really know what they're, you know, doing with him yet. He mostly is in the background, just like the waitress who's um, in most of these monk scenes, you know. But he's not supposed to be the same character. No, 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 no. He's he's just like background guy number one. He's yeah. the equivalent of like Larry doing the voices when they need a voice. <laughs> okay, got it. Anyway, so George is telling Elaine about how incredibly sexy this tape is. And so Elaine says, oh, you mean, was it like this? And she gives the line, uh, Jerry, I want to slide my tongue around you like a snake. I do. Do I want that? Do I want a tongue around me like a snake? No, I feel like once you bring snakes into the, That's uh, gross. Into the bedroom. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm out then. Yeah, I'm out. Don't be like, <laughs> don't feel like a snake. <laughs> I mean, people are into weird things, but I, I'm not sure if there are like a lot of snake fetishists out there. Yeah. And so Elaine's, yeah, I just went, got to the club and I went ahead and I did it. <laughs> and George is like, I had no idea that you had this sort of sexuality. She must have done a great job selling her voice, you know, to be somebody different that they didn't even suspect her. Yeah, I guess so. And so then, you know, Lane's like, I promise me you're not going to tell Jerry. And he's like, uh, okay, I promise. I promise I won't. And she's like, oh, so what was, you, what was your thing? And he's like, my thing, nothing. Uh, I love it when George is trying to divert the conversation away from something. Yeah, I mean, he's also doing a great job of like, Showing the fact that he's like super into Elaine at this point. Yeah, he's he's very funny in this episode. And so here comes Jerry. He comes back and he's talking about um, Beater. And am I am I saying it right? Is it Beater? Yeah, I believe it's Beater. Beater. Okay. And so what? Because what I'm looking at online is calling him Peter. No, it's Beater. Okay. And so they're talking about um, what this woman that left the tape on there. And, you know, Elaine's like, so what kind of things was she saying? And uh, Jerry's like, very like arrogant about it. Like, oh, Elaine, when you're in show business, this kind of thing happens all the time. And he says, you know, she's talking about some activities which are illegal in some states for consenting adults. Uh, And she's like, oh, really? And so. She's asking Jerry if he's going to ask her out. Yeah, it is funny that Jerry says this also because, like, you almost, you really never see Jerry with groupies. Like, a lot, more often he has, like, a woman who hates his comedy than someone who's just with him because he's kind of famous. Yeah. And so this is very exciting, I'm sure, for Jerry. And so she's going to go home because she just went from the gym. And Jerry says, oh, why don't you take a shower at my place? And uh, George's reaction to this is very funny. Yeah, he like loses it. He he can't even take it. He can't even take it. Now, what does Elaine have other clothes at Jerry's apartment? Maybe. I mean, is she putting back on her dirty clothes? I didn't notice like what she was wearing. Yeah. I, I guess she keeps, maybe she still has stuff there from when they broke up and they just, because they're still friends, they never did like, I'll give you my stuff back. You give me yours. And doesn't Jerry's apartment have bad water pressure? Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe she took a bath. Does Jerry have a good bathtub? I'm not sure. I feel like this came up in one of the earlier episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know. He, I don't think he's a bath man also. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, definitely not. I think from the hot tub episode, uh, Jerry tells us implicitly that he is not a bath man. I believe he yeah. talks about sitting in a tepid pool yeah. of my own filth. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Too many germs. Too many germs. All right. So uh, here's Elaine back at the apartment with everybody. And she comes out of the shower and uh, her hair is like is all wet and she's wearing a robe. Yeah. My, it's funny. My wife, my wife walked in. She, she's not a Seinfeld watch. She walked in during not this scene. 
And she asked if Elaine, which is such, it's like a typical, like, uh, you know, woman putting down another woman. Comes. She's like, does, did Elaine, because Julie Weir-Dreyfus is a very attractive woman. She said, does Elaine, like, intentionally make herself look worse in the show? And hmm. uh, I, I mean, I told her, I think it was just like, uh, she would just wears terrible clothes. It's like an early 90s thing. Yeah. But here they're like really going out of their way to make Elaine look good looking. Yeah, they're trying to sex her up. And George is on the phone trying to call Beijing. And Jerry's asking Elaine if she would ever date a bald guy, if she ever dated a bald guy. And uh, Elaine says no. And Jerry says, well, that makes you a baldist. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is certainly a topic that comes up a lot on Curb Your Enthusiasm also. She's she's a bald hater. Yeah. What's worse, being a baldist or an anti-dentite? So, I mean, as someone who's who's like losing my hair, I'm going to say a baldist is worse. That's I'm not worse. A <laughs> yeah, because the dentist does things to you. Like you, you could have good reason to be an anti-dentite. Not that, not that there's anything wrong with that to be uh, a dentist. But no, that you could say like, you know what? I don't like the dentist because they have a drill and they hurt my teeth. And but the bald man isn't doing anything to you. No, we, we, yeah, I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to marry the bald guy, but like, why? Well, yeah, there's no reason to hate the bald guy. Yeah. Well, what about? Is there a reason to date the bald guy? I mean, I guess some people are into that. Yeah, and I feel like the bald, the bald is is good. Like this is like pre, or we're we're starting into the height of Michael Jordan, Captain Picard. Like we're entering a, a great bald era at this point in 1991. Well, who's Captain Picard? What? What are you talking about? Kiva. Who is that? One of the one of the one of the great uh one of the great bald captains in all of Starfleet. Wait, is this Star Trek stuff? Yes. Oh, you know I don't watch Star Trek. No, come on. No, no Star anything. Star Wars, <laughs> Star Trek, never. Yeah. All right. Well, we're headed towards a great bald era in the 90s. I- Oh, so the 90s were good for being bald. No, well, not yet. It's uh, We're on the rise of the bald man. All right, so mid-90s is peak baldness era. No, I think maybe like around the time like uh, Vin Diesel and stuff like that, I feel like. Uh, well, Vin Diesel's probably not till like 2000. Yeah, so we're, but we're headed, we're on the bald trajectory. Okay. It's time for- Are we the, still in a bald trajectory? I just, I, you know. Yeah, I think so. Nervous. I think we're in the rise of the bald uh, right now in the early 90s. I think more people shave their head now also instead of just like leaving the George, you know, half your hair up there. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the move. Then, you know, you just go, you're just going to, you know, you're going to take control of the situation. And then you go like, I'm not bald. I just, you know, I just like to shave my head. It's a look. Yeah, that's a look. I'm going for the look. So while George is on the phone trying to get a hold of the cure for baldness, I like that he's just like calling the country of China. Like, uh, I need to talk to China. Like, there's a billion people there. He just needs to be connected to the operator for the country. <laughs> and he's like, gives like the very generic name. It's like, just give me Beijing. Yeah, give me Beijing. Like, well, that narrows uh, it down to 20 million people. Yeah. Can you, <laughs> operator, could you put me in touch with Detroit? <laughs> I need to speak to Detroit right now. I want to buy a car. I'm still held up on the operator thing. Like, I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. And so here comes Kramer with his video camera and he starts filming Elaine and he's doing like this whole like behind the scenes of an adult film thing, which is, I think, a little racy for 1991. And he's talking about we're behind the scenes with Elaine Bennis, the star of the new adult film. Elaine does the Upper West Side. 
Sounds like the worst movie ever. Or the best movie ever. <laughs> and so George is trying to get a hold of the people uh, and he's, you know, screaming, do you speak English? Do you speak English? And so Kramer now introduces Jerry as the director of the film. And uh, he talks about how he discovered Elaine and says that, uh, well, he knew a couple of guys in the Coast Guard that told him about Elaine. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, this I, I this probably was like a tiny bit racy. I, I, I'm sure it wasn't controversial, but yeah. you probably didn't see similar stuff to this um, at that time. Well, then the most controversial part, I think, comes here where they're going to say, okay, Elaine, what scene are you going to shoot now? And she walks over and says, oh, this is my co-star, George Costanza. He's an airline pilot uh, that just returned from Rome, and I got to show him how much he misses him. And Kramer asks the question of... So in your movies, is the sex real or is it simulated? And she says, it's always simulated, except with George. That's in my contract. Uh, Now, this, I feel like, is is very racy for NBC 1991. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's pretty crazy stuff. It is crazy stuff. All right. So here's Kramer's Chinese food. uh, And we get to see Ping the delivery boy. Yeah, making his first uh, making his first appearance. Gotta love Ping. Yeah, and so they asked Ping if he can go and speak Chinese, and they put him on the phone. And Ping is having a conversation, and uh, seems like <laughs> there is like I don't know if he tells him a joke or whatever. But Ping seems like he's getting along really good with the guy on the phone. George says they've got a billion people over there, and he found a relative. Yeah, I, I am curious if you know because they don't subtitle it. I am curious if they actually had them, uh, you know have a real conversation and what they were saying. Yeah. Wonder if any of our listeners speak some Chinese can figure that out. That would be very interesting to know. And they said, Ping finds out from the people on the phone, if you send the money, they'll send you the cream. I mean, George probably could have figured that one out himself. Yes. And they, Ping tells George that they say your hair will grow. You look like Stalin. <laughs> it's a good line. Ping is a comedian. Yeah, should be taking well, jokes I feel like him. he was repeating the line. I feel like the person on the phone had that line. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Fair point. But he Ping does get a good one in here, and they ask about the side effects, and Ping tells George, uh, impotence, and then says, uh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, and George is like, oh, he's a funny guy. <laughs> yeah, he probably got a good tip, this Ping. All right, so George has to go to the Bank of China, and after three days, then uh, they get the check, and then... Uh, they'll send the cream. I feel like all this happens very fast, though, in the episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they 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 skip ahead pretty quickly here. Yes. Okay. And then Ping is, like, sitting and, like, putting his feet up in the apartment. And Jerry's like, uh, do you mind? It's kind of an expensive call. Yeah, Jerry's phone bill is going to be pretty uh, pretty crazy this month. Okay. Uh, Akiva, I know this is one of your pet peeves uh, when we have a scene where we're sitting in the car. Uh, so George is driving Elaine around. Yeah, George George is driving Elaine around for no good reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh and yeah, this the scenes in the car do look fake, especially in the early seasons. Okay. They look very fake for a reason. They are fake. They're just like pretending to drive. I think they're on a sound stage. Um they're not out in like a street on Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh it looks pretty bogus. <laughs> so, when they're sitting in the car, they're like, "Well, you want to do something?" Elaine is like, "I would literally do anything." Or I'm up for anything. And uh, George is like really getting like hot under the collar and is saying like, uh, you know, you were really good in that uh, porno thing. Uh, You know, you're very talented. 
and she's like, oh, well, you know, it's nothing. And, and George just keeps going back to it. He says, uh, the thing you said about the sex being not simulated, that was really funny. Yeah, she is not picking up at all on George's cues here. Yeah, and Elaine just like luckily like just gets out of there. Like that, that wasn't going to go well for Elaine. Uh, no, this could have, yeah, it could have gotten much worse. <laughs> could have gotten much worse. All right, so Elaine leaves and now we go back to Jerry and Kramer talking. And so Jerry like has a lead on the woman who is left the tape, right? Yeah, I don't know how he, uh, you know, one, he doesn't spot Elaine there, and he, and, you know, somehow they found out exactly who was sitting back there. Yeah. And, and this whole part is odd to me because, like, Jerry is going to go meet this woman, and I have no idea who did Jerry go meet. Yeah. Why didn't they, why didn't they just quickly, you know, show, a, you know, a meeting where he's talking about it and she's got no clue? Like, it's just a case of mistaken identity? I guess, but uh, it is, you know, there's, there's no harm. They, they did a lot of tell, not show in the first few seasons uh, probably to save money yeah well anyway so jerry is talking about this woman she thought she was going to get away and he says uh not bloody likely and kramer calls him out what was that and jerry says that's my cockney accent and uh, kramer says that's no good and he does his uh who had the worst cockney accent kramer or jerry I mean, Kramer's was pretty terrible, but neither of them are, you know, getting cast as a British person anytime soon. I do like this a lot in these first couple seasons where they sort of like bicker about things like that. They're like, that wasn't good. I'll do it. Uh, Like, we're going to see it a lot in uh, these pretzels are making me thirsty. But uh, I do like when they're like going back and forth with each other. Yeah, they're they were much more willing to do like complete nonsense. Uh as opposed to later when they, you know, kind of worried about like the one plot or the one theme of the episode. Yeah, it's fun. All right. So here comes George and he's got the bald stuff from China. Yeah, this happened really fast. It happened really fast. And so Kramer is like, let me go get the camera. And he he go gets his camera. And so uh, Jerry is skeptical and it's sort of bumming George out. Yeah, I mean, uh, how could you doubt uh, Zheng Zhu? <laughs> I don't know. So George goes to put the stuff on his head, but Kramer wants to get the before shot for his video camera. We also uh, have the jacket coming back yes. into play right now. So uh, Kramer lets us know that the guy who took the jacket is going to jail. He got arrested for mail fraud. <laughs> Maybe he was like sending jackets, uh, you know, across state lines or something. I, I don't know. Maybe is Newman involved with this mail fraud? Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And so George goes and puts the cream on his head. Now, don't you think you need to rub the cream in? Is that, does that look right to you, the way that George is applying the cream? I, no, I think, yeah, there's no such thing as a cream you just leave on your head, is there? Yeah, it's almost like, it's like shaving cream, you know? It's like that they, George just like has it like just like sitting on his head. I can't imagine that's how it's supposed to go. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe the instructions came in Chinese. Uh, Apparently, because I would imagine if it was going to work, you know, you'd want to like rub it into your head. Not just like have it sit on top of your head. Sitting there. Yeah. And apparently the cream has an odor. It stinks. It stinks. And they say the way everybody says it, it's very funny. And Kramer's like, you stink. Yeah, it's it's hard to convey smelling over... uh, you know, over the television, but they do a decent job here. Yeah, it's good. And now, okay, here comes Elaine. She's buzzing up. And so, 
Uh, now George, he goes and uh, go takes the cream off his head, right? Yeah, I mean, he's doing a great job here of like, uh, you know, sort of like showing how infatuated he is with uh, with Elaine that like without anybody else realizing, like, you know, running up, running down the second uh, the second she's coming. Yeah, he but- takes it off, and then. Uh, <laughs> Then she doesn't even bother coming up. Yeah, because Elaine uh, is going to be on the phone, right? And uh, she's saying that she's going to come by. And George's like, tell her I said hello. Tell her I said hello. And then he's very concerned if she said hello back. Yeah, it's it, first of all, telling George a secret in the first place. Like, I think everyone learned their lesson in this episode because there's nothing he's worse at than keeping a secret. Yeah, he has a real poker face. No poker yeah, he face. Would, he would literally tell you what he has. <laughs> So Kramer ends up saying to Jerry, you know, how often do you cut your toenails? Uh, Jerry says every, roughly every two to eight weeks, which is, I think, a, a very wide margin. That is a huge range. Like eight weeks, you're like, you are like slashing people if you're not wearing socks. Yeah. And so Kramer says that he actually cut his girlfriend with his big toe. And Jerry talks about uh, the captain, the captain of the toes. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, little continuity here. Marion is the librarian. Oh, so Marion got cut with the toe. <laughs> maybe, maybe she broke up with him after, because of this, because we never see her again. Yeah, because of that. All right. So now uh, we find out that the woman is named uh, Alicia. Yeah, Alicia. Alicia. It's probably like Alicia is spelled the same. I don't know. Yeah. And so here's Jerry Seinfeld. Now, what does Jerry say to this woman? Like, uh, so Alicia, I heard you were at my comedy show and, uh, you know, maybe we could uh, talk about this. Yeah, I mean, but once he starts talking about the message, like shouldn't, you know, that should be a dead giveaway that they're not on the same page. I guess so. All right. So we come back and Jerry is back over at his place after the date with Alicia. He got the pullback. He got the pullback. He tried to move in and the pullback. And she said filthy things on the tape, but nothing. Uh, So he really can't believe it. Yeah. How could maybe it's not the same woman? (laughs) It must must not be. And uh, Kramer says uh, that you mean you blew it. Yeah, I mean, Jerry Jerry usually has good game with the ladies, uh, you know. Yeah, that was just funny not- to me, the way that Kramer said, oh, so you blew it. And he's like, no, I didn't blow it. And Jerry says, she must be psychotic or something. And Kramer's like, well, give me her number because I'm good with the psychotics. <laughs> uh, that he is. Yeah, he is. All right, so now George comes up with a huge cowboy hat on, uh, like, because he's wearing the cream. And Jerry has a very funny line. He just says to him, Sheriff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 the cowboy hat is great. I love the fact that he's like trying to be inconspicuous, so he wears the cowboy hat. Yeah, what's with the hat? <laughs> and so you know, he's still he's still wearing the cream. And George needs to talk to Jerry about something, but Kramer is still there, uh, and he wants to go get the camera to go take a look at George's head. And so George is like, "All right, I got to tell you something quick," but. but you know, Kramer's going to come back and I can't tell you. And Jerry's like, come on, just tell me he'll be back. He's not going to be back that quick. He gets lost in his apartment looking for the camera. And so George just blurts out, I've become attracted to Elaine. <laughs> oh, boy. Enter Kramer. Yeah, here comes Kramer. And so now he's trying to film that he thinks that there might be a bud coming in. Yeah, I, I'm not, I don't really trust uh, Kramer's. Uh, videography here. I I do. Um, I did read that this is actually based on, of course, Larry David is famously bald. 
And uh, he did try something. I don't know if it was Chinese, but he did try some, uh, you know, purportedly magical cure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kenny Kramer was trying to document it. The real, you know, Cosmo Kramer. Okay, well, this makes uh, a lot of sense. This is truly then. based off their, um, you know, their interaction. Yeah. Was it from Tor Ekman? Uh, it, it may have been. <laughs> Do I have his name right? It's Torek. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good callback. <laughs> All right. So Jerry is like, Kramer, could you leave us alone for a little bit? We need to talk about something. And Kramer's like, why? Why can't I be here? You know, because like, George and I have to talk about something. And he's like, oh, you mean like uh, the, the captain of the toes, the big toe captain? And George gets like really pissed. He says, wait, you're doing my bit? <laughs> 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 I, just, I love that part it really is very funny yeah that is good uh he that i mean it's pretty funny that do you think uh do you have to like pay i think you have to pay someone if you do their bits right yeah and jerry is very emphatically like i'm not doing your bits <laughs> seinfeld related <laughs> trivia larry charles who you know very famous uh writer and seinfeld director curb your enthusiasm he got his start in the um in the entertainment world by standing outside like Los Angeles comedy clubs and say like, he used to be a drug dealer and go over a guy and he'd say, do you want to buy a joke for $5? Yeah. And he'd, and he'd sell them jokes. He'd say like, do this joke. And if the, if it worked on stage, he said like Jay Leno would, you know, pay him money. Whoa. I, I could see Leno sort of like shorting you though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I bet he would give you the $5. I mean, now he would, because what's $5 to him? I'm not sure about that. Do you have to pay up front? No, you did not pay up front. That's why it was not a great business for Larry Oh, so he gives you the joke, and then if it worked, you gave him five bucks. Yeah, if it works and you're going to keep in your act, he gives you the five bucks. Yeah, well, if you piss him off, then he'll give you, like, a bad joke. Well, then it's just, that, that's a terrible business strategy, because he's not going to get the money. Well, if you, but if you, you burn him, then uh, the next joke he gives you will be, like, a real, like, uh, a bomb. Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he, you know, he's trying to eat there, Larry Charles. So he's telling good joke. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so you know, Cr- you know, Kramer goes and uh, is going to go look at the footage, and so uh, Jerry wants to know from George: Does she know that he's attracted to her? Uh, and you know, George says no, and they want to know how does it happen, and they're going like around in circles, and Jerry finally says, uh, "You know, what is this? An Abbott and Costello routine?" Yeah, this is very much like we were talking about before. It is like, you know, Jerry loves like the old school sort of like kitschy, like 50s humor. Yes. And so finally, George says it all started when she said that she was the voice on the tape recorder. George running his mouth again. Yes. And then Jerry has to listen to it. And then they're like fighting for the headphones. And Jerry says, hey, she's my ex-girlfriend. I have the precedence. Yeah. Does that work on random tapes? I think so. All tapes related to the person that's the person who has carnal knowledge of the woman. uh, They have first right to the tapes. Well, it is also his tape. It's also his tape. Yes. (laughs) Really, George has no claim to the tape. No no claim whatsoever. (laughs) He would he would be dismissed. It's his ex-girlfriend. The tape is for him. It's his tape recorder. It's his house. There's really George. Other than the fact that he is currently infatuated with Elaine. That's the only only thing he had was the knowledge. It was Elaine and he just spilled that. Yeah, he lost it. All right. So Elaine buzzes. She comes up. And there's a very funny, like, very slight joke that happens. Like, when Elaine walks in and she's like, what stinks in here? Something stinks in here. And George, like, very, like, 
casually like like nods his head like to Jerry like it's Jerry that stinks. Yeah, it is. It, I missed it the first time, but I, I was watching it again. I, <laughs> I noticed that it is like a. You're right. It's very subtle. <laughs> what a scumbag move! Also, that George is like, yeah, it's Jerry. Jerry's the one yeah. that stinks. Well, That's listen, George is a man of low morals. <laughs> yeah. And so Elaine reveals, you know, I was the one that talked into the tape recorder. And Jerry's like, yeah, I know. George told me. And she gets really pissed. You told him? (laughs) But why does Elaine tell him now? I I think because she saw Jerry going on this witch hunt. Like he goes on a date with a woman, assumes that she's Elaine. I think he realized, Elaine realizes that it's going to take over Jerry's life. So she wants to put an end to it right here. She doesn't realize how obsessed they are. So to her, it's really not a big deal. Yeah. And George says, Elaine, I have to tell you something. And Jerry's like, no, don't do it. And she's like, I'm very attracted to you. <laughs> this is like being, you ever in a room where like someone's going to do something, you're like, it's going to be super, super awkward. Like, I do not want to be present for this. Mm-hmm, sure. A- every so, room uh, I go in. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you George in this situation? No. no. Um, so Kramer comes back in. He has the tape. He thinks he found a hair also. Yeah, I'm not buying it. Uh, he didn't even put on the cream right, and it's been 10 minutes. Yeah, and it's not like he has, like, HD camera or anything like that. No, these, these like, they were, like, the you know, the, the $500, like, camcorders, but uh, they weren't, weren't such great quality back then. Okay, so then, now that everybody knows that it was Elaine on the tape, that Kramer finds out, and people are like, why? We, it's like, Elaine, we didn't know you, that you had this in you. I mean, Jerry has to know she has it in her, right? Uh, he seems surprised. Well, we know that they didn't do a lot of dirty talk because Jerry, we we learned very soon, is not good at dirty talk. Yes, that's that's <laughs> right. And so, uh, like, basically, you know, Elaine is like looking at all, all three of them, and they're all like staring at her, like she's what's for dinner. And um, she's like, maybe I'm gonna get going. Like, no, stick around. Uh, it's early. We'll order Chinese, and then uh, she leaves, and they all like fight for the tape recorder. Kind of a weak ending. Weak ending. Uh, you know, it didn't really build up to anything. The B story really didn't, you know, like the, the bald thing was fine, but it didn't really go anywhere. And then it dies here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, not so much got done. We didn't further the plot much in this episode. Yeah. And not so, that that's our goal. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. But, uh, you know, ultimately the story is a little weak. A little weak. A little weak. All right. So, Akiva, in 2014, how is this Seinfeld episode different? Well... You probably don't need to go all the way to China for this bald cure. And oh, if yeah. you do, you no, the this is like George is like this episode is like uh you know, Jerry, I was on a website last night and I saw an ad. Uh the cure for baldness is this one simple trick. Uh that see how I cured my baldness just by doing this one this one weird trick. And so uh that's the cure for baldness. It come he doesn't have to get involved with the Chinese. And also tech right, technically there's obviously a lot more ways to, you know not be bold anymore nowadays also mm-hmm. we also have uh you know jerry is what re- recording with his iphone that's in his pocket or something uh pro- i mean probably he'd have to give it to somebody he's yeah. not gonna just like leave his iphone there hey I, I mean you could just have your iphone recording while you're in, uh, it's in your pocket too oh i guess yeah that would probably pick you up yeah you could probably do that so uh we wouldn't have as much need for that and also i do insist that in 2014, the guys aren't going goo goo gaga for Elaine's erotic message on a tape in a easy access to pornography world. 
Yeah, especially before they know it was Elaine. There's no way they even care about it. Yeah. They're like, oh, they're like, oh that's interesting. Well, let me I mean, I guess again. the idea that this mystery woman said something is is pretty interesting yes. to them. I could see Jerry being, you know, boy, there's a woman that wants to do these things, but for everybody else to go crazy. Um, I'm not buying it in 2014. Yeah, agreed. All right, Akiva, let's talk about where this episode ranks for us. Of course, Akiva has ranked 169 Seinfeld episodes and has made an all-time list. That list is available in every post that we're doing from here on out with the links to all the episodes that we've already covered. So, Akiva, here we are. Uh, let's let's start off. Um, all right, this is a tape. Uh, let's go back to an episode with another tape. Is this episode, in your mind, Better or worse than the phone message, which you had at number 119? It is below the phone message. Below the phone message. All right. Is this episode better or worse than The Revenge, number 126? I mean, The Revenge is probably a little too high, but I have this uh, below The Revenge. Oh, no. All right, we talked about this, the jacket. Is this episode better or worse than when Jerry got the suede jacket, number 154? Yeah, it's better than that. Okay. All right, so in between number 126 and 154, where does this ultimately land? I mean, maybe I was hard on this. It sounds like you like a little better, but to me, it just doesn't go anywhere. There's not one memorable you know, line that you would ever quote to your friend from this episode. So I have it at 149. 149, Akiva. Oh, boy. that's. I think you're a little hard. Again, I haven't ranked the episodes. I, there's 100. If, if we're talking that there's 148 episodes that are better than this, then, then this truly is the greatest show of all time. Well, listen, there's a reason why we're talking about this so many years later. Yeah. There are a lot of good episodes. The weaker ones, for whatever reason, happen to cluster towards the beginning. Yes. Well, it makes sense. Uh, and also, and also, now that we've gotten to, we've had the parking garage, we had the library. Uh, you know, the cafe was a fine episode. Like, you know, once we're in the territory of like, you know, sort of like Seinfeld 2.0, you know, you got to bring your A game. And I don't know if the if the tape brought its A game. Would you say for you that the bar is higher because we've seen really good episodes now? Yeah, I mean that's not. I mean that's not the only reason why why I have it at one forty nine. But yeah, the bar the the bar is high. Um, the, and you know, any first and second seasons, you know, you you take with a grain of salt at this point, we're expecting greatness every episode. All right, Akiva, you ready to jump into the mailbag? We got only a couple emails uh, this week. We moved the servers uh, this week from where I was hosting the website to a new hosting company. Uh, Inclusive Host is hosting now, uh, Post Your Recaps. But there's a little bit of a... uh, We've hit a little bit of a snag in in importing our email addresses over. So uh, we'll have that straightened out by next week. But of course, the email address is Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. Let's... Let's take an email from Travis Almendinger. Uh, and here's what Travis has to say about this one. He says, well, one of my favorite jokes from this episode is George in the cowboy hat. And Jerry calls him sheriff. Please rank George's iconic headgear, cowboy hat, rat hat, or toupee. How do you have it, Akiva? Well, I, I think toupee is automatically number one. Yes. Number one. I, yeah. I, number one with a bullet. You can't, you can't get better than George's toupee. Yes. Everything else is tied for second. Yes, everything in second. Well, give me the rat hat or the cowboy hat. I think the rat hat's more iconic. Yeah, the rat hat's more. People don't remember. That's what I'm saying about this episode. People don't really remember 
anything in particular, but it is funny. Uh, the the cowboy hat was a good touch, even if it's a little over the top. Okay. And then uh, let's take another question here from Johnny De Silvera. Uh, Johnny De Silvera wants to know, Robin Akiva, I'm blessed to come from a family with full heads of hair on their heads. Are either of you going uh, to go bald when you're older? Well, that's a very personal question. Yeah, plus we can't predict the future. Can't predict, can't predict the future. <laughs> But they say it goes by your mother's father. Isn't that what they say? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how it's, much of that is true. I'm sure. I, I feel like it's probably a myth, but I, but also every single person on earth knows it. <laughs> so anyway, my mother's father was bald the day he started college when he was 18 years old. Yes. So it's it's bad news for me. <laughs> but I'm already going bald, so yes. I, the ship has sailed. Yeah, I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on. I don't know if it's going to last forever, but we're, we're, we're hanging on, Johnny. And because it goes by the grandfather, like my father still has a full head of hair. And I guess at this point always will like, you know, so you're, you know, it's even worse. Yeah. I'll get back to you in 10 years, but as of right now, we're hanging, hanging on. Um, all right. And then he also suggests the hashtag for this week. He wants to go with big toe. Yeah. I mean, coup d'etat is, uh, is a little tough to, you know, coup d'etat. Uh, I was going to suggest butt pirate, but that might t- take on a whole different yeah, there conversation. May be, there may be a lot of other, um, <laughs> it is funny. Any time, I think every single hashtag we've come up with so far, there has been somebody who is like sort of ironically posted as the hashtag after watching that Seinfeld episode. Yes, literally almost every episode, even something random like last week purple twenty three. If you you know if you search the hashtag on Twitter, there was a few people who would like watch the episode. Well, that's good. Maybe then people find the show that way. So let's make it something. Let's make it something uh, about this episode, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, I guess then let's let's call it uh, either Big Toe or uh, Toe K- Captain of the Toes. Yeah, what? I like Captain of the Toes. Okay, Captain of hashtag Captain of the Toes. Okay, um, next week, Akiva, what are we talking about? Talking about the nose job. The nose job. Okay, and uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, the nose job is uh, it's an interesting episode. There's a lot going on. Uh, you know, Kramer's got a big mouth. Yes. And um and uh, the iconic uh, chess game that happens in this episode. Okay, so we'll talk about that as well. Also Akiva, it is going to be Thanksgiving uh this week. I'll get this show posted over the weekend. So it'll be Thanksgiving uh weekend. Of course, uh there's some classic Seinfeld that has to do with Thanksgiving when they go see the Thanksgiving Day parade at Tim Watley's house. That's right. Yes. Yes. And uh, Kramer is an instigator, much like Woody Woodpecker. Do they still have the Woody Woodpecker balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? You know, when I lived in the city a couple of years ago, I I used to bring my my daughters to um, not to the parade, but like right afterwards, they deflate the balloons. But you like you get to stand like next to them and see all them. Yes. Um, So I believe they do still or at least they did a couple of years ago have the Woody Woodpecker. I imagine like 15 of them now are probably just frozen balloons, but uh, they probably still have Woody Woodpecker left. I like also the idea that like these cats, like no kids nowadays even know who Woody Woodpecker is. No, no, definitely not. But their their balloons are like outlasting their character by decades at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even like when we were young, did you ever watch a Woody Wood, other than uh, like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, did you ever watch a Woody Woodpecker cartoon? 
No, but but now kids don't even know who like Donald Duck is. I mean, they know Mickey from I guess Disney, but yeah. Well, no, know, I th- they- I think they've done a good job of bringing that back because uh, my they have the animated Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which is like uh, it's almost like a Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah, I have I have I have I have seen that with my kids, but uh, you're right. That, but right, Woody Woodpecker has been lost to. Uh, I also, I'm nervous about the Flintstones. I think the Flintstones are gone too. Yeah, could well be. Could you could, need to reboot the Flintstones? Need a reboot, and uh, not like the one with John Goodman. Oh no, 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 not live action. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the Seinfeld Recap Podcast. Would love to get some more comments from you guys on post show recaps, and also on our iTunes page at postshowrecaps.com/slash/Seinfeld iTunes. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye.